Stories, fables, ghostly tales. Welcome, you lovelies. I'm back, mates, from my mini-holiday and ready to kickstart your Wednesday with two episodes from a new old-time radio series, The Avenger. Your first episode is High Tide Murderer, where death hides behind the crashing waves of a secret trapdoor. And your second episode, The Mystery Giant Brain, involving automatons and a crazy doctor. So what's unique about this series? Well, it has a lot of tongue-in-cheek jokes, a mix of spy genre motifs, and a healthy vibe of the OTR series called The Shadow. And these stories are definitely unique. Also, what's really neat is that Jim Brandon, a famous biochemist, is the man of action here, taking what appears to be drugs to help him perform his feats of subterfuge. My favorite aspect of this show, though, is not the drug handling that enables our hero to be a hero, but one, he puts his biochemistry genius to work, and two, that he can't resist commenting on how lovely his assistant is. Fern Callier is her name. And goodness, their interactions always crack me up. I swear at one point he says, you're too beautiful to take these drugs, as the world would be better off seeing you and your beauty. It's not word for word, but close enough. Either way, it's gold. Oh, and even the villain can't resist stating how beautiful she is. Ah, mates. I love these kind of shows so much. The major remastering points, though, would be cracks and pops. I had a lot of noise intertwined with the audio, so I did my best to strip that out. Also, I've been focusing on enriching the audio, particularly voices. I'll include an image in my Patreon show notes if you're interested, mates, just to show you what kind of work I'm doing to the audio and what it looks like when you listen to it. May mean nothing, but I think it's pretty cool to show you what I'm up to. Oh, and lastly, heads up, if you're ever interested in sending me some love my way via donations through Patreon, I've changed the way that support is applied to new Patreon supporters, in that it will charge your account straight away. It may sound awful, but it's a good thing in the sense that I don't have to wait around for bonuses, or you don't have to wait for benefits from me to you. I can provide them straight up and without delay. Now you lovelies, turn off the lights, get cozy with me, and let's listen to some kick-ass OTRs together. I'll just turn this knob. The Avenger. The Avenger, sworn enemy of evil, is actually Jim Brandon, a famous biochemist. Through his numerous scientific experiments, Brandon has perfected two inventions to aid him in his crusade against crime as the Avenger. The telepathic indicator by which he is able to pick up thought flashes and the secret diffusion capsule which cloaks him in the black light of invisibility. Brandon's assistant, the beautiful Fern Collier, is the only one who shares his secrets and knows that he is the man the underworld fears as the Avenger. And now... The Avenger and the High Tide Murders. It's you, Fenron. Yes, Crony, it's me. Are we expecting the cops? No, no. Come on in. 
Mighty glad you came, Pedro. Did you follow my instructions? Sure, nobody knows I'm here. You don't think I'm fool enough to let anybody know I'm mixed up with you, do you? Now, now, said no. There's no cause for you. Shut up, Scrawny. The gun. What are you pulling a gun on me for, Thedro? Because always... I don't trust you, Scrawny. Not even when I can see you. Well, I've always been fair to you, Thedro. I always... Shut up, I told you. I'll do the talking this time. You're a double-crosser, Scrawny. The worst kind. You get a guy in deep with you, and then you double-cross him... Cheat him. I haven't cheated you, Fenro. Honest, I I'm not giving you the chance to double-cross me, Scrawny. I come for my share of that last shipment you got. And I'm not leaving without it. Sure, Fenro. In fact, I want more than my share, since you're holding out on the other boy. Sure, sure, Fenro. That's why I sent for you. To give you your share. We'll be partners, Fenro, you and me. Never mind that. Where's the stuff? Right over there in that box. I'll get it. Stay where you are. I'll get it myself. If you make a move, Scrawny, I'll plug you. All right, all right. Help yourself, then. Scrawny, help, Scrawny! <laughs> Goodbye, Senro. The tide is going out, and you go with it. Just like the others, out with the tide. You were smarter than the rest of them, Fenro. Only you didn't know about this trap door, did you? Nobody but Scrawny knows about that. Ah. Just one more victim, and all the money will be mine. One more victim. I must prepare the trap for him. <laughs> time out now for dinner. I've been waiting for you to say that. I know you have. The telepathic indicator caught your thought flashes. I didn't realize how late it was. That indicator is working so well lately, I've, I've absolutely no privacy. Yes, we're getting wonderful results, Fern. Of course, a lot of the flashes I pick up are unimportant, but do you realize that our experiments in thought projection and transmission have gone far beyond those of Edison and Creel? Oh, I know, Jim. Jim. Yes, Fern. Jim... Let me try the diffusion capsule. I've been reading up on all those experiments you made with black light, and I... Fern, you must put that idea out of your mind. I told you before that it would be impossible. It's a very dangerous process. Oh, I know it's terribly dangerous, Jim, but I'm not afraid. No. And that's final, young lady. Why, the diffusion capsule knocked me for a loop every time I tried it for three years, until finally I was able to hit just exactly the right formula. Oh, but, Jim, now that you have the right formula... Fern, you don't understand. That formula will only work on the individual who tested it every step of the way on himself. But, Jim, think how much more valuable I'd be as your assistant if I could become invisible as you do. Perhaps, but it isn't possible, Fern. Why? Let me explain. The diffusion capsule is a combination of two experiments, two processes. First, it's a question of harnessing the light rays that are normally invisible to the human eye and concentrating them in tiny capsules to be released at will. After I'd spent years perfecting that formula, I had to set about finding a serum that I could inject into my system that would affect the pigment cells in such a way that when these concentrated rays were released around me, they'd dissolve both color and dimension and render me invisible. 
That's the injections that are so dangerous. Yes. For one whole year, I was able to stand them only in very small doses. And then gradually, after several years, my system absorbed enough of the serum to camouflage me completely when the concentrated light rays fell upon me. But if I hadn't been in exceptional physical condition, Fern, the whole experiment would have been hopeless. Well, perhaps you're right, Jim. And but besides, I... you're much too attractive to want to become invisible, even for short intervals. <laughs> oh, Fern, now you do understand, don't you? Of course, Jim. Let's forget it. I couldn't manage without you, you know that. Why, you've come every step of the way with me on the telepathic indicator. I simply couldn't have perfected it without you. Thanks, Jim. Now, if you'll put those test tubes away, I'll turn off the indicator and we'll go out for something to eat. Right. Burn. What is it, Jim? A man's just been killed. Jim, the indicator? Yes. I caught a distinct telepathic message. Well, how can you be sure someone was killed? Because the message came in so strong. It's been proved through thousands of experiments that 85% of all psychic impressions received are relayed by those who are suffering violence. What was the message, Jim? It's strange. I've had three messages like this in the last two weeks, all on the same thought wavelength. Only this last one was stronger than the other two. The sounds were all the same, though. What kind of sounds, Jim? Lapping water and wind, mostly. And then the sudden sound of a heavy door opening and a splash. Do you mean like someone falling in the water? Yes. Only this time I also received the impression of a man's voice. A man's voice screaming out a name. What name, Jim? Something that sounded like, uh, like scrawny. Scrawny? What do you suppose that could mean? I don't know yet. Oh, will you answer the phone, Fern? Yeah. I don't want to leave the indicator. Maybe I'll pick up something else. Hello? Yes, he's here, Inspector White. Yes? Where? At the Cragmore Dock. Yes, I'm sure he will. I'll tell him. Thank you, Inspector. That was Inspector White, Jim. What did he want? The body of a man's been washed ashore at Cragmore. What? He wants you to come down and make some special tests. The inspector thinks it's murder. That you, Brandon? Yes, Inspector. Coming, Fern? No, I'll wait here at the car, Jim. All right. Well, Inspector, find any clues? Very few. The doc says the body's been in the water about two weeks. I want you to check on that. No identification. Not a thing. Oh, flash that light over here, Joe. Well, what do you think, Jim? Yeah, at first glance, I'd say two weeks is about right. We can't tell much from his clothes. There was no jewelry, which might mean the motive was robbery. Yeah, it might. Find anything at all in his pockets? No. Only a little piece of broken glass. You mind letting me see it? Here. Why, this is a piece of a jeweler's loop. A very good one, too. This man must be a stranger around here. He doesn't fit any of our descriptions for missing persons. Inspector, uh, do you think you could keep this out of the papers for a few days? No, I can't keep it out of the papers, Brandon. And I don't see why I should try. Well, you're in the driver's seat, of course, Inspector. But if I had a day or two, Look, I think... Brandon, all I want from you in this case is a complete chemical analysis report. The same kind of checkup you did in the Reardon case. Okay. I'll come to headquarters later. But you shouldn't let my simple inquiries affect your blood pressure like that, Inspector. Well, every time you see a body, you pop up with a lot of unconventional theories. Well, murder is hardly ever conventional, Inspector. No monkey business on this case, Brandon. That chemical report is all I want from you. You'll get it. In the meantime, I'll have an impression made of his teeth and go over every inch of his clothes. Right. I think we'll have to work fast on this, Inspector. 
We? All right. All right, you. I'll see you later. So long. Remember what I said, Jim. What's the matter, Jim? The inspector sounds mad. Oh, just the usual routine. He's afraid I'll steal his thunder. Well, were you able to find out anything? I think so, Fern. I'd be willing to bet anything it was that man's dying message I picked up about two weeks ago. Oh, did the police have any idea who he was? Not yet, but I'm pretty certain he was a jeweler. If he was, then the other two thought impressions I received may have been from jewelers, too. If your hunch is right, Jim, three jewelers would be missing in the city right now. Right. Let's get back into town and start investigating. Tonight? Oh, well, I guess it is pretty late, isn't it? And I'm still hungry. Remember, we never did get our dinner. Okay, but first thing in the morning, Fern, we're going calling. The pawn shops first. Been waiting long, Jim? About ten minutes. Sit down, Fern. Thanks. Oh, golly, I didn't know there were so many jewelry stores in the whole world. I took it out. And hungry, no doubt. Mm-hmm. I ordered for you. Oh, waiter. Oh, waiter, you can bring our food now. Right away, sir. Well, how did you make out with your list, Fern? Well, out of all the shops I covered, there was only one owner missing. Been out of town for a week. Did you get his name? Yes, it's, um... Don't tell me. Let's see if I can get Was it Artemis? Yes. How did you know? I'll tell you later. Uh, I want to give you my report first. Oh, I'm trying to be patient, but my curiosity is killing me. Well, uh, first I found out that a pawnbroker by the name of Blake has been out of town for two weeks. Jim, do you think he could be the one whose body was... Washed ashore last night? I think there's a very good chance that was Blake. I called Inspector White and he's going to check on it. But what about the third? You said there'd be three missing. Yes, and there are. A third jeweler by the name of Fenro left town on business yesterday morning. Jim, how can we be certain these are the three men we're looking for? Well, after I checked all the stores on my list, I happened to remember an article that appeared in the newspapers about six months ago concerning a corner in the diamond market. At that time, an investigation had been demanded by the Municipal Jewelers Association who were outraged at the possibility of any shady dealings within their trade. Mm. I went to the library and checked back on that article. And found the names of our suspects? No, I got those through a muckraking reporter I know. He tipped me off that Fenro, Blake, Artemis, and a man by the name of Vickers were thoroughly investigated at that time because they were suspected of selling odd pieces of jewelry at unusually low prices. How were they able to do that? Well, my guess is that the jewels were smuggled and they were fencing. Oh, but wouldn't the police know that? That would be pretty hard to check, Fern, especially if the goods came from Europe. All right, Jim. Suppose all your suspicions turn out to be back. There's still one other thing. If three jewelers are missing, why haven't their families reported it to the police? Because they're not considered missing. To all intents and purposes, they're just away on business. Oh, I see. Well, what do we do now? We start searching for the missing piece in the puzzle. The missing piece? Yes. The fourth jeweler by the name of Vickers. We've got to find out whether he's also known as Scrawny. Or if he isn't, he's next on the list for murder. to Vickers. I was in there this morning. I know. That's why I think it'd be better for me to go in alone this time. Now, wait for me just beyond the shop there, Fern. All right, but don't be long. I'm nervous. What can I do for you, sir? Uh, Do you mind if I look around a little? Yes, I do mind. What do you want? 
I'm looking for the Berkeley necklace. What? I thought you might have it. I tried all your partners' places, but they didn't seem... What are you talking about? I have no partners. No? I understood Artemis, Blake, and Penrose. Get out of here. That's no way to treat a customer, Mr. Vickers. Get out, I say, or I'll call the police. I don't think you will. Get out! Put that gun away, Vickers. You're in enough trouble already. I'll give you exactly five seconds to blow. All right. You win. What happened, Jim? I think he's gone man, Fern. He pulled a gun on me. But we've got to get some evidence. Well, how? You go into the store and pretend you want to buy something. Keep him occupied for a few minutes. Well, I'll do my best. What do you plan to do, Jim? Examine his safe. It must be in the back room. It's not in the store. Jim. Yes, Fern. It's time for the Avenger to take over. I thought I told you to get out. Where, where did he go? Where did you go? That man with you. There's no one with me. I was sure I saw him come in the door, and then, then he disappeared. Well, there's no one here. Maybe the sunlight blinded you for a moment as I opened the door. I don't know. I was sure. I must be seeing things. I came in to look at that gold pin you have in the window. The one with the topaz in the center. Would you show it to me, please? Yes, I'll get it. The one on the right. That, that's it. My, it's lovely. How much is it? Forty dollars. Forty? Oh, I'm afraid that's too expensive. Well, I have a smaller one. It's in the back room. I'll oh, get no. it. Oh, no. No, never mind. This is the exact size I'm looking for. Perhaps I... All right, Fern. I've finished. Come on. What did you say? Well, I hadn't planned on anything so expensive. Lizzie Vickers? You. What are you doing here? Stow that, Vickers. I've got business with you. Get rid of that customer. Sorry I can't take the pin. Thanks for your trouble. Did you find anything, Jim? Plenty. Who was that man who came out of the back room? What man? There was no one back there. Well, the man came through the back way shortly after you did. Vickers was terrified of him. Fern, we've got to go back there. Vickers may be in danger of his life. Come on. Oh, that door's locked. Stand back, Fern. Yeah. I'll have to break it down. Jim, look! On the floor! It's Vickers! Vickers! Vickers, quick! Who did it? Who stabbed to Vickers? A place called Peabody's Cove. Never heard of it. Who's Peabody? Captain Peabody is an old sailor. His family has owned this stretch of beach for generations. The captain makes his living renting fishing dories. But why are we going to see him? Well, Captain Peabody knows everyone along the coast for miles. Mm -hmm. I want to try to get a line on that man you saw in Vickers' pawn shop. Oh? You said he gave you the impression of being a seafaring man? Well, it was only a vague impression, Jim. Yeah. His face was weather-beaten and he used the term stow that. Not much to go on, really. Yeah, and there was one other thing. Vickers was killed with a knife. A fisherman's knife. Ah, there, there's Peabody's place now. Oh, look at all those boats. Aren't they beautiful? All right. Come on, Fern. Now, oh, there's Peabody on the dock. Hello there, Captain. Uh, hello. Well, if it isn't Jim Brandon. How be you, Jim? I'm fine, Captain. This is my assistant, Fern Collier. Hello, Captain. Pleased to meet you, miss. Well, Captain, what's your theory about those two bodies that were washed up on the coast? Say, that's something, ain't it? Two of them within a week. 
I noticed by the papers that you were helping on the case. That's right. Uh, Captain, does the name Scrawny mean anything to you? Scrawny? Yeah. No, I've never heard that name. Has it got something to do with the case? Maybe. But all we're certain of in this case is how long the bodies were in the water. And what you want to know is where they come from, huh? That's what I'm working on, Captain. Well, son, you ought to be able to figure that out pretty accurate. According to the tides. How do you mean? You take a look at this here map, Jim. Yeah? You know what it is? Oh, it's a tide chart, isn't it? Right. You notice how the currents hereabouts surge into narrow channels? Yeah. Well, those channels along this stretch of coast are as accurate and permanent as a, a paved road on, on dry land. You mean that if you know exactly where something landed on the shore and how long it was in the water, mm -hmm. you can figure where it started from according to the channels? Yep. When I was a little shaver, me and my brother used to send messages and bottles through these channels to kids ten miles down the coast. Captain, you've hit on something. I'd like to try a little experiment, if, if you'll help me. Why, sure, Jim. Well, rig up your best dory and bring along those tide charts. You and I are going on a little boat ride. Right away, Jim. I'll have everything set in five minutes. Do I come too, Jim? No, you'd better stay here, friend. How long do you think you'll be gone? An hour or two. Oh, well, I'll take a little drive up the coast to fill time. Okay, but be careful. Good luck, Jim. You ready, Jim? Yeah, I'm coming, Captain. I'll see you later, Fern. Right. Don't drive too far. I won't. Bye. That's a gun in your back, lady. Who are you? Start driving north. No, I won't. I... Start driving, I said. Or I'll let you have it. You're the man I saw in Vicar's shop. You murdered Vicar. You Vickers. know too much for your own good. Drive faster. You're scrawny. That's right. But you're the only living person who knows it. And you ain't going to be living long. Drive faster, I said. Faster. longer to wait now. If you're going to kill me, why don't you do it and get it over with? Why do you keep me tied up here? We have to wait for the tide. What does that to do with it? Everything. Out with the tide. That's the way it must be. You mean I'm going to be drowned? Of course. I thought you knew that. You seem to know so much. I'm not the only one who knows that. The sounds. Someone else knows about them. The lapping of the water, that creaking door, the spring of a trap door, that... No trash. one could know of them but you. Everyone else who ever came here is dead. Police will find you out there. That's enough of that. I know you're bluffing. How much longer? Half an hour yet. Exactly half an hour. <laughs> Almost time. I'm checking everything so you won't be in, in any trouble. You won't get away with it. You won't. Who's to stop me? Look. As you drop through this trap door, this bag of salt will hook onto you and weigh you down. Then the tide carries your body out to sea. And later when you're found, you'll be many miles from here. Oh, you're mad. I believe you killed for the sheer joy No, of no, I, I killed for gold. For gold and jewels. <laughs> but now I, 
I must untie. Another minute. The tide goes out ready. You must be ready now. Hold your wrists still. Jim, I'm afraid. There now. Stand up. What was that noise? Who's there? Here I am, Scrawny. It's the Avenger. Oh, thank heaven. The Avenger? Where? Where are you? I can't see you, Avenger. No, you can't see me, Scrawny. No one can see me, but I'm here. Where? Where are you? Over here, behind these salt bags. I'll get you. I'll shoot you. Not there. Over here in the corner. Uh, I'll find you. I'll kill you. I received on the telepathic indicator. Well, I'm glad it's over. And so am I, Fern. 
Well, what about some dinner? Oh, fine. Only let's not have seafood. All characters, names, places, and plots used in the Avenger program are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. This is a thought, a thought, a thought. Remember, listen for another adventure of... The Avenger. Now, The Avenger and the Mystery of the Giant Brain. Who is it? Who's there? It's Miss St. Clair. I want to speak to you, Professor Rudonald. Oh, all right, all right. Come in. Why, Miss St. Clair, where are you going with all that luggage? I'm leaving, Professor. Leaving? Yes. And you needn't pretend to be surprised. You know why I'm going. Oh, yes, you were upset about those animals from the zoo, I believe. Yes, that among other things. Miss St. Clair, it was absolutely necessary for me to have those animals. Our experiments have gone far beyond the stage of rabbits and mice. I must have animals of a little more cunning. Of course, I'm, I'm sorry to have to steal them from the zoo and neighboring farms, but that's the only way. Well, I want no part of it. When I came here a year ago as your assistant, I thought you were a reputable scientist. I'm a great scientist, Miss St. Clair. Too great to allow the petty ethics of... Perhaps you are a great professor. But you've become cruel and inhuman. And the kind of man that has no place in, in the laboratory. These experiments and brain surgery you're making now are horrible. You think so? Then perhaps you have decided to report me to the police. No. I just want to get out of here and have nothing further to do with you. You're a coward, Miss St. Clair. You're afraid of what the great Rodano can accomplish. Why Rodano's work is just beginning. Look, these three mechanical men. These robots I have created. They're only in their infancy. Yes, I know they are. Look at them lined up there. Three iron monsters, that's what they are. You hate them because you fear them. In time, my robots will accomplish all that man is too cowardly to attempt. Professor, please don't go on with this. Destroy them now before it's too late. Why, Miss St. Clair? How can you talk like that? You helped perfect them. I didn't understand what you were doing. You will excuse me if I find that hard to believe. It's true. Until a few weeks ago, these robots were merely harmless servants of your will. Created, you assured me, merely to fetch and carry for you. Now you send them out to capture animals for you, in the hope that in time you'll be able to create for them a brain. Exactly. And that time is almost at hand. Just think, Miss Sinclair. Very soon I will no longer have to control those robots as I do now by the magnetoelectric batteries I have installed about the house. Ah, they will have a mind and intelligence all their own. You're playing with madness and death, Professor. Two marvelous experiments. Madness and death. I see that there's no point in trying to reason with you. But there is one other thing I'd like to do before I go. Yes? I'd like to know what has happened to Dr. Giles. I told you two weeks ago I sent him away on business. I don't believe you. 
I think he left you just as I'm doing because he wanted nothing further to do with you and your robot. Would you really like to know where Dr. Giles is now? Would you like to see him, Mrs. What do you mean? Dr. Giles is in my secret basement laboratory. I had to lock him up in a little iron cage down there. Come, I'll show you. No. No, you are mad. I'm going to the police. Robot one. Robot one, stop Miss St. Clair. No, no, let me go. Please, 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 please. Carry her to the basement laboratory, no. Robot One. No. no! You've always been curious about that secret laboratory, Miss St. Clair. Now I let you see it. No, no, no! I'm ready to dictate now. Let me see. This is experiment 2274, isn't it, Chief? That's right. Go ahead, Subject. A power increase on the telepathic indicator. Data. Increase of two amperes on direct current caused the headgear to blow. However, when current was changed to alternating, reception was not only maintained, but increased. Oh, Jim, you increased it. How wonderful. I don't know exactly how much yet, but I think it's a matter of a few miles, firm. We'll send out a crew tomorrow, station them a quarter of a mile apart, and experiment with their thought transmission. Good. I'll make all the arrangements. Now for the data on the strongest thought impressions I picked up on the indicator today. I take this down, Fern. Thought waves received from a greater distance than before seem to have their origin in violence, but not death. Constant static interference might indicate that the thoughts were surrounded by electricity at their origin. That's something new, isn't it, Jim? Completely new, Fern. Add these facts, will you? Mm -hmm. The color impression was gray. Gray with a background of blue. Perhaps something gray in color, high enough to be seen against the background of the sky. Either a tower or a plane. But since there was no indication of movement, I'm inclined to favor the tower. Sounds as though we've picked up the latent thought waves of a medieval maiden in distress. Oh, there you go, letting your romantic notions run away with you again. Well, nothing seems to be impossible with that indicator. But if you'll review the facts, young lady, you'll realize that your medieval maiden could scarcely have been surrounded by electrical instruments of extremely high voltage. No, I suppose not. Unless the tower was struck by lightning. <laughs> I give up. You win. But to get back to the facts, I'll make a note of this, please. I also picked up an impression on the same thought wavelength of inarticulate suffering, something that could have emanated from small children or animals. This impression was not as clear as the others. It's a strange kind of impression. Yes, and all the more interesting in view of a story that appeared in this morning's paper. Here, paste this clipping and decide those notes. What is it, Jim? It's a story about some animals that were stolen recently from a zoo at Midvale. Also, a raid on a fox farm near there. What do you make of it, Jim? Nothing yet. Fern, uh, do we have a legend map that includes Midvale? Well, we have one for this entire county. Will that do? Fine. Yeah, where is it? Oh, on the bottom shelf behind you. All right. Let me see. Uh, Midwest top list. Um, oh, Midland County map. Yeah, this is it. Midvale is exactly 16 miles due east from here. Yes, that's within the radius of the indicator. Oh, look, Jim. 
This footnote says that Midvale boasts of several mansions of great architectural beauty that date back to the early 1800s. It also boasts of several well-known silver fox farms, all of which ties in pretty well with the things we already know. Fern, how long will it take you to pack? Fifteen minutes. All right, let's get moving. You and I are going on a little trip to Midvale. Jim, how much farther do you think it is to Mr. Isaac's farm? Oh, we should be coming to it soon, Fern. Aren't you enjoying the walk? Yes, only it's farther than I expected. He must have walked at least two miles since we left Midvale. Well, it can't be far now. Jim, why are you so anxious to talk with Mr. Iser? Because Joe Iser has reported four foxes stolen from his farm within two weeks. Oh. And I think he may be able to give us a few leads. Off the record, of course. Mm-hmm. Oh, that must be Iser's barn just ahead there. Somebody's shooting us, Jim. Fern, Run! Fern, wait. Wait, nobody's shooting at us. Those shots came from behind that barn. Come on. Oh, hey, Jim, I can't keep up. Look, there's a man running across the field. I'll stop him. Hey, hey, you, wait a minute. Stop, stop, I say. Oh, no. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Stop running or I'll bring you down. No, they say I killed him. But I didn't, I didn't. Oh, stop, I tell you. I didn't kill him. I didn't. Let me go. I didn't do it, I tell you. Now, take it easy. I didn't say you killed anybody. But I couldn't let you run away. Sorry, I had to knock you down. I, I was in the barn. I saw it all. But I didn't kill him. Kill who? Joe Iser. Oh, you got him, Jim. Thank heaven. The big man did it. The big man. Come on, show us where Iser is. Come this way. Here. Back at the barn. Now, suppose you tell me exactly what you saw. Well, Joe caught the big man stealing two foxes. Joe shot him at him four times. But the bullets can't hurt the big man. What in the world is he talking about, Jim? Hang to find Fern. There he is. There's Joe Iser. See? He's dead. Have a look. Well, Jim? Yeah, he's dead, all right. And four bullets have been fired from this gun he's holding. We've got to call the police. No, no, don't call the police. They'll say I did it. They'll... Oh, I'm going home. No, no, you're not. You've got a lot of questions to answer. What's your name? Uh, Harry Sampler. Just what were you doing here, anyway? And who's this big man you're talking about? Well, I live around the hill there in the shack. I come over here every day to help Joe with the chores, and he gives me food. Yeah? Joe is good to me. I wouldn't kill him. So, today, while you were helping either, this big man appeared and stole two foxes? Yeah, that's right. Joe started to shoot at him, but the big man walked right through the bullets and hit Joe over the head with his big iron hand. He killed Joe. The big man did. Oh, this is getting us nowhere fast, Fern. I'm going to call the police. Oh, I think we'd better. Come on, and show me where Isaac's telephone is, Harry. Well, uh, uh, Joe ain't got no phone. What are we going to do, Jim? Well, I've got to stay here and guard the place until the police get here. But how can we get word to them? Now, that's the question. I can't trust Harry to go. It's getting too late for you to go alone. Well, if I hurry, Jim, maybe I can make it into town before dark. No, no, Fern. There's a killer loose around here somewhere. I think there's a phone over to the... Ray Towers, but I wouldn't go in there. Huh? Where's oh, Ray Towers? Uh, right around the bend and up the road a piece. I'll go, Jim. I'm not afraid to go that far. All right. But before you go, take a look at these footprints, Fern. Oh, good heavens. They're monsters. Yeah, and there are at least five feet between the strides. Jim, do you think there could possibly be anything to this poor fellow's story? Well, it's fantastic, of course. But Isa was killed by a blow on the head, all right. 
He was struck by some kind of blunt instrument. Jim, I don't think we should trust this fellow. Harry. Maybe he's not as harmless as he seems. After all, he couldn't. Don't worry, Fern. I'm not trusting. I'll keep Harry right here with me until you get back. Now, you run along, but don't lose any time. I'll expect you back here in less than half an hour. Okay, Jay. So long. So long, Fern. Yeah, I'm sure they got a phone up to Gray Towers. But I wouldn't go in there. I'd be afraid. Seems to me you're afraid of just about everything, Harry. You'd be afraid of the big iron men, too, if you saw them. Well, all I've got to say is that somebody had better see them, Harry, or your goose is cooked. Even so, I'd prefer to have a better alibi for murder than an iron monster. And now, back to the Avenger and the mystery of the giant brain. Robot 2, open the door. Excuse me, may I? Oh, don't be frightened, my dear. This is just a mechanical man who acts as my servant. He's perfectly under control. Come in. Oh, no, no, thank you. Never mind. Seize her, Robot 2. No, let me go. Well done, Robot 2. Now close the door. Tell this monster to put me down, please. I just came to use the phone. You were sent to call the police, were you not? Oh, you don't understand. A man's been murdered. Or perhaps you already knew that. A very unfortunate incident, but that sort of thing is inevitable sometimes. People are stupid. They don't understand the needs of science. Please let me go. I'm expected back in town. No, you are needed here. I'm needed here? What for? I need your brain for my great experiment. You arrived just in time. My brain? Yes. Now I'll have three... Three human brains. Bring her to the secret laboratory, Robot 2. Oh, no. Put me down. Let me go. No use to struggle. The robot has his orders, and he will obey them. Oh, you are a murderer. You killed either. He was just a little man who got in my robot's way. But yours is to be a greater honor than mere death. You will sacrifice your living brain to the great god science. A mere mortal could ask no greater privilege. Oh, let me go. Let me go. Vanguard, Robot 3. I'll open the cage, Robot 2. You put the beautiful lady inside. Miss St. Clair, Dr. Giles, I've brought you company. Why have you brought this strange girl here, Rodano? To share the fate I have in store for you and Miss St. Clair, my uh, worthy doctor. What are you talking about, Professor? Just what do you intend to do with us? Be patient a little longer, Miss St. Clair. Come out and close the door, Robot 2. Now listen, all of you. Tonight, the mighty Rodano will perform the greatest operation in the history of surgery. I will add three human brains to the living animal brains I already have preserved. Wait, I'll show you. Remove the heavy cover from that table, Robot 2. Be careful not to break the glass case. Well, what do you think of it? What is that horrible thing? It's moving. Of course it's moving. It's alive. It's the composite living brain of 14 animals. It's the most horrible thing I've ever seen. Even my worst suspicions didn't prepare me for anything like like this. Hold on, Miss St. Clair. We mustn't give up yet. Be silent and listen to me. 
Tonight, I add three human brains to this. And then, I'll place them all within a special robot I've constructed. Then, the world will see a real man of iron. A man of unlimited power and superlative wisdom. The great Rodano will be worshipped as the creator of a new race. Oh, stop him, stop him. I can't stand anymore. Professor. Yes, what is it, Dr. Giles? Perhaps we, Miss St. Clair and I, deserve whatever fate you have in store for us. Whether we meant to or not, we did help you create the robots. But this strange girl you brought here, she had nothing to do with it. Let her go free. Yes, Professor. There's no need to make the innocent suffer, too. Ah, you two are coming. Yes, you know that if I set you free, the police will be here in five minutes. No, I tell you, I need you all. Science needs you. How much longer have we, then? One hour. One hour yet to live. Robot One will bring you a fine dinner of roasted duckling. We must observe the rules of death. The condemned should eat both well and heartily. Well, Harry, it was a lucky thing for us that truck happened by so we could get word to the police. The police come mighty fast, didn't they? Yes, and they want to question both of us later, Harry. I promised them we'd both come to police headquarters as soon as I find out what's happened to Fern. They don't think I did it, do they? No, and if you promise me you'll tell them exactly what you saw, I'll give you a reward of ten dollars. Ten dollars? Gee, I never saw that much money. Oh, say, Harry, is that Gray Towers? Yeah, yeah, that's the place. That's where the professor and the big men live. Have you ever been inside the house, Harry? No, nobody's allowed inside. All the doors and windows has big bolts. How do you know if you were never inside? Well, sometimes I climb up in that tree over there by the garden and look in the window. What did you see from there, Harry? Well, that's how I first saw the big men. But nobody believed me. They said I made it up. Well, I guess there's nothing for it then but to try to get in by the front door. Come on, Harry. Oh, no, sir, not not me. I, I, I wouldn't go in there. The big men kill people. All right, you climb up in the tree then and wait for me. Sure, I'll wait. You said I'm going to get $10. That's right. I'll see you later. Uh, yes, sir. Nobody will see me up in that tree. It's too dark up there. Well, Professor, you're going to have a visitor. When that door opens, the Avenger will step inside and you'll be none the wiser because my diffusion capsule will render me invisible. The moment the door is opened, I'll break the capsule and enter. What's that noise? Who's out there? Who's out there, I said? I'm sure I heard a peculiar noise just as the door opened. Who's there? Well, it must have gone away, whoever it was. Robot one, close the door and bolt it. Now follow me, Robot one. Follow me closely, for in just a few minutes, we begin our great experiment. Dr. Giles. The hour is almost up. Yes, just a few minutes more. Think of that, that maniac sending down all this food. As though any of us could touch it. 
Do you suppose that if we make all the noise we can, somebody might hear us? There's not a chance of that, Miss Collier. This basement is soundproof. Well, we certainly haven't anything to lose. We might as well try it. Here, each one take a tin cup, hit them against the bars as hard as you can. And everybody shout at the same time. To say, help, we're in the basement. Ready? Go. Help! We're in the basement! Help! We're in the basement! Listen. It's the robots. It's too late for any help now. Go ahead. Scream your heads off. No one can hear you. Stand guard, robots. I'm going to bring Dr. Giles out of the cage now. Kill him if he tries to get away. Come, Dr. Giles. Place him on the steel table, robot, too. I'll fasten his hands and feet. Stand aside, robots. There in the line. That's right. Now you won't be in my way. Every split second counts in this operation. Now we're ready. I'll pull the switch and... No, you don't, Professor. Who spoke? Who's there? It's the Avenger, Professor. Oh, the Avenger. From the St. Clair West Why, I don't understand. Where is he? Where are you, Avenger? How did you get in here? You can't see me, but I'm here, Professor. Here to see that you're brought to justice. Find him, robots. Find the Avenger and kill him. Kill the Avenger. Find him, robots. Professor. Giles. Giles. The Avenger is here to ruin my experiment. Professor, set me free. I'll help you. Yes, Giles, you must help me. I'm set you free. There. There. Help me, Giles. Help me find the Avenger. We must kill him. He mustn't ruin my experiment. Dr. Giles, be careful. The robots have broken the glass case to try and bring us free. No, no, you robot fools. Look what you've done. The brain is moving towards the professor. No, no, robot, help me. Dr. Giles, Dr. Giles, there's a robot behind you. Move to the corner. Where's the battery that controls these robots? It's over here. I think I can reach it. Giles, Giles, help me. Pull this monstrous brain away from me. Got it now. There. Are you all right, Giles? Yes. Then unlock that cage and get those women out of there. Professor put the keys on the desk here somewhere. Here they are. Well, I never thought I'd get out of here alive. Neither did I. Is, uh, is the professor dead? Yes, the professor is dead. No one could save him from his own creation. The professor's giant brain was just a boomerang. Giles. Yes, Avenger? Call the police at once. And when they get here, demonstrate how these robots work. Otherwise, they'll never believe your story. Right. Well, Midvale is one town I'm glad to leave behind me, Jim. I don't blame you, Fern. You had a pretty narrow escape last night. The Avenger saved Dr. Jaw's life by a mere second, Jim. I got there the first moment I could, Fern. When you didn't return to Weiser's place, I naturally became worried. But frankly, I never expected to find anything as fantastic as the professor and his giant brain. Well, we can't say Harry didn't try to warn us. Yes, he certainly did. And for once, the police and everyone else in Midvale will have to admit that the truth in this case was more fantastic than any story poor Harry ever dreamed of. Jim, 
What will happen to those robots now? Well, they're just so much scrap iron without those control batteries. And the police have confiscated those. What about the giant brain? What will happen to that? It's being removed to the state research laboratory, naturally. The brain is dead now. Within five minutes of being exposed to the air, it lost all its living properties. That would have been a great disappointment to the professor. I'm glad it's dead. It was the most horrible thing I ever saw. You know, Fern, at one time, Professor Rodano was a well-respected scientist. It's a shame that he went mad and used his genius in the wrong direction. He was mad, all right. Jim, hmm. did you know that he sent us a delicious dinner of roast duckling last night just before he came down to kill us? No. <laughs> and I suppose the thing that's worrying you now is that you didn't eat it. Well, if I'd known how things were going to turn out, I could have done justice to that duckling. Well, don't you worry your pretty head about it, Fern. I'll take you to Carlo's for dinner tonight. Oh, wonderful. I'm sure Carlo's roast duckling is just as good as Rodano's. <laughs> and he doesn't reserve it for such special occasions. All characters, names, places, and plots used in the Avenger program are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. The Avenger. Okay, okay, what are your thoughts? Leave me some comments because I love to know how much you enjoyed or disliked The Avenger. It is new, so it may take a bit of getting used to. I'll say that some of the audio can be distorted, and a teeny weeny little bit crackly, but it's still in great condition. What I love to point out is how a hero, albeit a drug-taking chemist specialist, is still a science-based hero whose powers stem from knowledge over the human body. I mean, that's bloody awesome. I've not listened to OTRs yet that have the protagonist a genius of chemical science. Even if that science is highly questionable. <laughs> but that's what makes these kind of OTRs special just like you lot, and I hope you enjoyed High Tide Murders and the Mystery Giant Brain. Mates, I want to say thank you to the legends that support me. So much love sent my way it's hard to contain. First up is my Ode Night T Titan, Maya. Thank you so much you living legend you. I have been able to upgrade my modem slash router, so uploading will be that much quicker thanks to you. And I'm on a super fast internet. Oh yeah, that's fast with a H in it. Yeah, it's that fast. <laughs> So Maya, you are marvelous. And my white two warlords, I own cows and Lee Bauer, you two legends that spearhead this podcast into awesomeness. Thank you so much for being brilliant and supporting me. I'm still waiting on a mini tripod for my mic as COVID has slowed down delivery. I think it's like three weeks delay now. But nonetheless, I have you to thank for those kind of tools even being possible. So thank you for your support, mates. And of course, my Elgrain forces the blood in my podcast veins. I have Chad Warren, Just Heather, Paige Marcini, Peter Raffelli, Tasha Moncrief, Christina Boyd, Divided by Zero, Dolphin and Cow, Michelangelo Yacone, Tea Time Drinker One, and Chris Moller. Cheers for your support. You are awesome. 
If you have a couple of seconds, swing by my iTunes page in the show notes, leave a review, you'll put a pep in my step. And if you want to send dollar dues my way, visit www.patreon.com forward slash sfgt and be that special someone to me. Thank you, you lovelies. Good to be back. And as always, till next, we meet.